new classmate in here with us, Ken, today. So we're going to let her introduce herself. Uh, yep. She's also one of the classmates of ours, so she's really pretty intelligent uh, female here. So I'm happy to uh, have her in the classroom today. Uh, so, Bree. Uh, if you okay. want to introduce yourself to the people. Yep. All right. I think you exaggerated when you said I was intelligent, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, you got it. Um, I'm a social. No, I second that. Well, thank y'all. <laughs> um, I'm a social work student with Ken and Antonio. This is our first year that we're wrapping up. It's been amazingly awful. Um, I am a high school teacher right now and being a high school teacher made me want to get involved in social work because I saw like the needs of my students that you know it expands beyond just simple learning and memorization you know they have stuff going on at home so that's what I'm really passionate about is like helping people that don't really have access to resources so that's it all right so what um was there anything that was life-changing when you first got into a social work field? I don't want to say life-changing. Let me take that back. I don't want to say life-changing. Was there anything that changed uh, drastically from non-social work fields into social work fields? Um, I realized, like, that I was passionate. Like, you know, I got my undergrad degree, and that was, like, pulling teeth. And then here I am getting my master's degree, and I'm like, wait, you know, I want to be here. I can't wait for my assignment. Like, I'm going to show out. So it's like pushed me to a new level and shown me that like, hey, you are passionate about something. <laughs> All right, that's good. So what what got you um, into education in the first place, though, Bree? Were you is that something you were passionate about at one time or still are? Or what? Um, I love being a teacher. I really, really do. Like, you know, if I'm ever to able to be a school social worker, like I'll miss the classroom, but. Basically, I've always had a soft spot for like teenagers. I mean, they're in a very difficult transitional time and a lot of them don't have the support network they need. So I wanted to be a part of that support. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to let the people know about this? Huh? I'm good. I think like you guys were asking earlier, like the life changing moment. I think that was when I was teaching and I'm like, you know, bugging this kid about doing his work and why is he always asleep? And he's like, you know, I'm staying with my family and I don't have a bedroom and my parents stay up all night fighting and I sleep on the couch. That's why I sleep during your class. And I was just like, whoa, wow, like you need gosh. help. Yeah, that's tragic. Yeah. So that was the big like, OK, I could be doing more. I wonder how many students actually live that life before teachers realize that that like that is the life that they're living because i say that because you see a lot of time in social media uh where kids are acting out in the classroom and a lot of times you know other students will post like he was just uh like had his head on his desk so he was just staring at the wall or he was just you know rumming through his backpack or whatever before all of that took place and then all of a sudden you know you got a kid that's being kicked out of school or attacking the teacher and I wonder how many kids actually have that alternative lifestyle that they don't show in school before a teacher realizes hey something may actually be going on at home you know how would that affect you know the teacher's attitude toward that child after they've learned what the situation was based on an outburst in the classroom um I mean I think it goes on for like 
a long time because I've had kids like that and I'm like oh you're you just don't care and then you find out you know months later and you're just like oh my god like and then it changes your relationship because you can start offering support and you can like you know give that extra hand and they know you care all right, well, this right here, uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't cut, I mean, did I catch y'all? Oh, I was just going to say really quick that um, I feel like one of the advantages of studying social work is that it kind of makes us more um, um, receptive or more sensitive maybe to people in situations like that, not just with children, but kind of, you know, I start thinking a little bit more like when you see like any any kind of life situation, like if I'm driving if some jerk cuts me off in traffic, you know, rather than just getting angry, you know, which you know, I'll, I'll admit I do still get angry, but you know, like I'm starting more to think, okay, what's going on in this person's life? You know, maybe there's, you know, maybe they're, in, maybe they're, they're in a rush. Something happened, you know, maybe their, their wife just got in some kind of an accident and they're, they're rushing to try to help or their child is sick. You know, you never know what's going on in people's lives. You know, when you, when you're at the mall or you're at Walmart and somebody's rude to you, you know, you don't know what's going on in their life. You know, they might have just, they might have just lost their, their parent might have just died or something. You know, th- there's all these things that are going on in people's lives, and we kind of just, you know, we don't know, so we tend to judge people based on the outward appearance of what, how they present themselves to us and how they, how they behave. When in reality, there's a lot more beneath the surface, and we have to kind of. We're not going to do that consciously. That's not the way that the human mind works. You know, we have to kind of make ourselves consciously think about things and try to dig a little bit deeper and try to understand why people act the way they act and what causes them. And if they are like, whether it's a child acting out in school or, you know, somebody being rude to us at Walmart or whatever it is, you know, there's all these things going on in people's lives. We, we never really know. So we have to kind of maybe give them the benefit of the doubt at first or maybe if we have a chance try to you know dig a little bit deeper and see what's going on and you know if we have the chance to help somebody then you know that's that's great that's what it's all about oh i agree like well, i think oh, Ken trying to... yeah perfect sorry go ahead oh go ahead go ahead i don't want to, no, I was <laughs> I don't want to cut you off no, like but, i know we got stuff to talk but, about i was just saying like yeah social work it makes you more patient you're just like you know you can't run around being mad all the time because of how people are like they got stuff going on mm-hmm. all right well you guys are really tipping on that iceberg what our topic is for today <laughs> Y'all jumping on it. Y'all jet cameraing on that iceberg, man. What was the, the topic for today? Uh, our topic is uh, based on social work. Okay, we're going to keep it at social work because we're social work students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're trying not to venture into another field, you know, or, or whatever that still has the same continuum. Uh, based on social work, you have a client. Everybody have a caseload or whatever. You have a client. Mm-hmm. And you find out that your client is a racist. All right, it don't matter if they're a black client and racist against whites or white, black, or uh, don't like Mexicans, whatever it is, you know. So, based on your client, you cannot change caseload. This is a client, or these are caseloads you cannot pass over to anybody else. You are stuck with this client. How does your continuum of care change for that client based on the fact that you absolutely know? Now this is, you can use it in any context. You can come through the door and know right away, 
or you have uh, cared for this client or took care of this client for X amount of time. Now, I would I would tell you that this is coming from a real deal uh, social worker um, that I have discussed, you know, uh, prior. Uh, but this is a real deal. Uh, a person took care of a client uh, for months. The social worker asked to go use the bathroom and all of the uh, artwork for that particular uh, particular person's race racism or whatever what they chose was on the on the wall. Uh, so <clears throat> the person struggled with how do I continue to care for this person now that I know that this person is an outright racist, possible even clan member at this particular point. You know, so how does that continuum of care change? Now, I'm not going to tell you what the outcome was for that person because that person is a totally different aspect than us. Yeah, every situation now, is I'll, different. Every situation is different. Now, I say that because we just got finished talking about kids in school uh, and we were talking about, you know, uh, you don't know what person is going through in their life or anything. You know, so based on the continuum of care, how does that change for that client? Once you absolutely know. Now, Ken brought up a point the other day that what if it's a male that's not particularly liking females, but that's more sexism than what we say is racism. Right. You know, so I want to keep it based on that, you know, that this person does not like this particular race. So it doesn't matter what race it is. Just how do you think it changes? Now, I'll share uh, my my uh, my aspects. Now, everybody knows that my expertise is life skills. You know, so I get an opportunity to meet people. I say all the time, you meet them where they are in life. <clears throat> now, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit up here and say that I was happy. You know, but uh, I went through an ordeal well, you know, uh, kids can be really cruel and they, you know, a lot of times they jump on the, the, the racial bandwagon a whole lot faster than they jump on, jump on anything else. And I got to the point where I said, I do not want to deal with a person anymore if they're racist. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I was like, it's got to be somebody else that you can pass that particular person on to. Uh, so my continuum of care for that particular person actually went down, you know. So I decided, how can I best deal with? How can I best deal with uh, that particular person without offending uh, the either the rest of the, uh, the, the the facility I was working with or or the people I was working with. So my continual care actually went down. Now I can I can say that I'm not uh, the best at that right now, but I'm still trying to struggle with that. So I went from the facility standpoint to it and the continual care for me for the facility standpoint went down. The care for the person didn't necessarily go down you know, as far as like the, the King would talk about the code of ethics. I still kept my ethical nature. Yeah. But as far as the facility 
uh, continuing to care. It actually went down because I was teaching life skills and I pretty much moved the person from my class to another class so they can continue to do whatever they wanted to do, but they just didn't have to do it with me. You know, so, and I'll share more and more and more about about that, but I want to hear what everybody else has to say before I just get all wound up into that because I can talk about that for a minute. And I know uh, we can get a little deeper if you like, but I still want to see how does that continuum of care actually changes for that client that you know you cannot move this client. You can't move them. You know, client can't go anywhere. Like the dude was still in my group. He just wasn't a part of my class, but he was still there I every day. Hold I had to deal with him every hey, day. Hey, Antonio, Antonio, before, before we go on, can I... Uh, there's a lot of noise right now. I mean, it sounds like we're in a crowded room and I'm hearing like, sound like somebody crunching on nachos and whatever. This is really distracting right now. So I don't know where that's coming from. I'm just chilling. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Just sitting. Do y'all hear the voices in the background? Do y'all hear like, yeah, I hear the key? voices. I keep hearing like paper rustling and crunching noises and voices and all kinds of stuff going on here. Yeah, I hear the voices. Well, the voices might be, the voices might be me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Do you not have a quiet? Do you have a quiet room? You could you could go in or something because this is really distracting right now. Oh. Come on. Come on. Quiet. All right. Well, what about now? Can you guys hear me better? Yeah. That's yeah. 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 I can hear. I can hear you better. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I know what. Yeah. For I know for me personally, when I'm doing this. I've already told my family, okay, I'm going to the room, do the podcast. Don't bother me. I'm in the office and they know not to bother me right now because <laughs> until I come out, it's kind of like a, you know, when you're in a studio and you got the little light on, Oh yeah, it says recording, you know? So I'm like, all right, as long as, as long as I'm locked up in the podcast, don't mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so yeah, yeah that, that is a good, that is a really, I think a really, really good situation. And, um, I'd also like to say, uh, first of all, before we get too deep into this, that um, this is that, that none of us are like experienced licensed professionals. We're all social work students. And um, so we right now, for anybody that's listening, just so you know, we understand that we're just exploring ideas here. And, you know, we might we might be wrong. We, you know, there, we might say one of us might say something that people can say, well, that's it. You can't. That, that's completely wrong and in which case I think we're all teachable and you know we're all hoping you know the, the purpose of this is for us to learn so um, I just want to kind of throw that out there for anybody listening just as a kind of a disclaimer yeah I second that um, I was like I'm probably gonna say something stupid but that's the point yeah and I think yeah it's, it's yeah I think that's really important for us to be able to have the the ability to say something stupid you know sometimes and mess up because that's how we learn and uh there's a kind of a, a climate you know a current climate where you know people a lot of times feel like they're not allowed to to explore ideas and and talk about things and i think it's really important for us to be able to do that um so yeah i'm actually you know we we mentioned that idea the other day and i'm not really sure exactly how I would go about it because it would depend on the situation. Um, I wasn't aware of the situation you had talked about when the person didn't know until they went back and, you know, saw things that gave away their, you know, their, their views. Um, so I would think, I like to think that for me personally, 
if I was working with an individual that I found out probably hated me because of the color of my skin, that I, I wouldn't, I, you know, I like to think that I would be able to continue giving the same level of care, but, you know, we're all human and I can understand how they would easily um, maybe influence us in a way that we might not even be comp- uh, you know, consciously aware of. But yeah, I definitely feel like we, you know, as social workers, you know, we're going to be in situations throughout our careers where there's going to be uncomfortable situations. There's going to be, we're going to be working with people that might be living their lives in a way that we disagree with. And like, we're going to be working with people that might dislike us because of our race or gender or sexuality or whatever it might be. And we have to be able to, uh, maintain that professionalism and, and try to provide the level of care that, you know, that, that our, our clients deserve regardless of those situations. Well, what would you do, King? Come on, tell us what you would do. Uh, don't give us the book answer. Don't come well, out that book. Well, no, no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to be real. I'm saying, okay, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm prefacing this by saying that this is what I would hope to happen. But um, I understand that we would, you know, that all of us are human and that we'd be susceptible to that. So I think even, okay, I, I can point it to now, even in my current job, like I have not run into that situation. And I can honestly say right now, my caseload is fairly evenly divided racially um, as far as, well, black and white. And I have had uh, one Hispanic client, you know, who's actually from Mexico, um, but I and I haven't seen personally any differences racially in as far as like the, the way that, that I treat them or they treat me or the you know the the struggles that they go through. So it's honestly been fairly fairly even. Um, so I, I and but I do have people. We all okay. There's people that you like. And this is something that I know I've already started to struggle with a little bit. It's like, you know, when you're working with clients, people, you know, certain personalities kind of click better than others. So we all have clients that we like. And even though, you know, we shouldn't do that, you know, it's kind of like you don't say that you have children that you love more than the other ones. But, you know, we, we have clients that their personalities kind of click with and we just like them. I think that's normal. And there are some whose personalities kind of rub against ours and we have, you know, we have a hard time, you know, quote unquote, liking them as much. And the struggle is to... We ain't talking about personalities. Bree, Bree. Can you hear me? Do you... It sounds like Ken don't want to answer the question. <laughs> what does it sound like to you? No. What, what, uh, okay. what does it sound like to you, Bree? What does it sound uh, like to you? What does it sound like, Bree? We're up to it. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's he, he, he's turning the engine. Turn the engine on over. Ken. But I mean, it is well, okay, a touchy. So what it's a touchy thing. It is touchy, and what I'm getting at well, is like, and what I'm getting at is like that, that I have had, I have had clients that I really, be honest, didn't like. Whose whose personalities were just just acidic to me, I guess. You know, just really like just that I had a hard time that I definitely would not want to be around at all if I didn't have to for my job and but I've not already kind of, strug- I've already you, kind of struggled with struggle with that and do what but it's not necessarily that you don't like okay you yeah, you and this guy uh, so, let's say you and you and you got a client y'all getting along y'all get along mm-hmm. 
there's no rubbing in personality anything there's no nothing that tips you off that this person does not like you because you're a white uh, male or whatever all of a sudden one day y'all have great conversation you've met the family you've done everything y'all go through the treatment plans you you know he's progressing this person is progressing yeah. And all of a sudden, one day you learn that this person is an outright full-blown racist against, you know, white people. How does that change at that point? How does it change the level of care that you would give that person from that day learning that? Okay, I I have a question. And if if that's the scenario you're laying out, do do you think you should bring it up? Do you think you should... Go ahead and try. If, if you find that out, do you, should you try to pull it out in the open and address it? There you if, go, Kenny. Come on, get that engine going, Kenny. I so, knew okay. Kenny was gonna come on up so with that. Okay, that, well, that's the, okay. That's the question, then, because I think there'd be two two schools of thought that I can think of, I, two different approaches. Because I could see the wisdom in make. Okay, there. The, I, I'm reminded of a story I heard of, um, and you you might be familiar with this. I'm not sure if y'all have heard of this story. I can't remember the guy's name. But there was a guy, there, there was, there was, and this was, I can't remember what time, how long ago it was, or like if it was 50 or 100 years ago or something, but there was a, a black male who made it his life's mission to befriend members of the Ku Klux Klan. And he did this. He actually, would, he would seek these people out, he would find them, and he would like put him, insert himself into their lives until they started to realize, man, this guy is all right. He's, you know, this is a good guy. And supposedly there was, gosh, I can't remember that. I really wish I could remember the details of the story. But there was lots, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of Klan members who left the Ku Klux Klan and like disavowed racism because of this one person. You know, because all yeah, he are did, you talking about- like, all he did was like put himself in this position to show these people, look, you, you, you say you hate these people, but these people are me, and you see me, and you see the way I am, you see, you see the kind of person I am, and when they realized that they didn't hate this person, they're like, well, maybe me hating people be of a certain race in general is kind of stupid because I can see that this person is a member of this race, but I like them and they're a good person. You know, like, so I could see the wisdom in maybe trying to just not not necessarily poke the the person about it, but just say, okay, I'm going to be an example to this person and I'm going to show them that say that, that I'm, a, if they can see that I'm a decent person, then maybe they can start to open up their mind to the fact that people are people and there are decent, good and decent people of all races. And, and regardless of maybe they met another person who was a jerk of this other race, but you know, that doesn't mean that we're all that way. So I could see that being one, one side, one approach and the other approach being, okay, look, I've found that, you know, whatever it is, whether you, you found some stuff or saw some stuff in like, you know, in the case of the example you use where you saw some kind of artwork or something that gave away, I would say, look, I, I, I'm going to say when I went to the bathroom, I saw this and this and this, man, like this, are you a racist? Do you, do you have like okay. harsh feelings okay, against okay, people not. this race? And if so, do you have these feelings for me? And kind of bring okay, it out, so and you could you could start a good discussion in that case. So I'm not sure which. Okay, would so be. hold on now. Okay, yeah. so hold on now. Hold that. Put a pin in that thought right there now. Okay. okay. And I see Bree trying not to join in the conversation, but she gonna have to come on. I'm with. just listening. Uh, <laughs> no, ain't no listening, Bree. I need you in the. I need you in in the mix here. Okay. But well, I was okay. just. I laid out. Okay, so I laid out from from my perspective two approaches that, and, and I would have to. Choose no, no, that. no, no. So H- what do you hold on because. 
hold on, Kim, because you said that you was looking at the code of ethics before we got started or whatever. So in the code of ethics, they uh, there's at least two that deals with uh, uh, something that deals with uh, dignity of a person mm-hmm. and something about a value of a person. I can't remember exactly how to yeah. read, but you got Dig- the code of ethics. Yeah, okay? Di- yeah, okay. Dignity and worth of the person. I can read it right now for you if you want. Okay. okay. So hold on okay. before you read it. Hold on before you read it. So now you go in the bathroom and you come whether it's a bathroom, bedroom, whatever, don't matter. You come out. If that uh, would that be considered against the code of ethics? Because yes, this person sent you in the bathroom, but you are a social worker at this point. Do you come out? Is that a part? Would that be a part of that person's necessarily care or even treatment to acknowledge that they are a racist at that point? If we're talking about dignity, what what, what if you're in hospice? What if this person wanted to die without anybody knowing that he was a racist, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago? What if I just wanted to die? I want nobody to know this. That's why I suck everything in the bathroom. Now this person brought it out. And what if I got my grandson that didn't know that I was in the clan or I hated, you know, blacks or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So how does that play? But hold that thought, because I want to hear what Bree got to say. Um come on, Bree. I've just been like taking everything Stop. in like I was getting what Ken was saying about like, you know, you want other folks to like, you want to inspire them, you know, like, hey, I know you're racist and you have a problem against this race and I'm a member of this race and I'm going to like basically prove you wrong. And I think that's like a really good approach, but like, at the same time. a good way to put it. Yeah, I like that. At the same time though, we have to like, you know, we've talked so much in class about like keeping our head like level and like thinking about our needs. So... I think that's a good cause, but at the same time, like, you have to be accepting, like, hey, I'm going to give it my all, but if it doesn't work out, that's not me. Like, it's not my fault that this person feels this way, and I did what I could to change it. But you shouldn't feel bad, you know, if you don't have the same results as the example you spoke about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. That's true. Like, we have to have some self-preservation, like... You come into this room, these people feel this way. If they don't change their opinion, that's not necessarily your fault. But well, I mean, yeah, just yeah, the same way that if a person doesn't change their their behavior at all with us social workers, if they if they you know don't stop you know using illegal drugs or any other thing, you know, it's not our fault. If we've done everything that we can do in in the context of our responsibilities, and we've acted ethically and you know done everything we can do then we can't yeah i think it's true in any situation we can't blame ourselves as long as we've done everything we could do then that's all we can do and people have there is a you know people have the right to self-determination and if they want to you know i mean as bad as it is if he if they want to hate people i guess you 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 have the right to hate people you don't have the right to harm other people but i mean if you just want to secretly hate people i guess you know they have the right to do that you can't yeah stop it right and I mean, sometimes it's inherent racism. Like you're working against like generations, and you're working against their whole upbringing. Mm-hmm. Like that's a hard. Okay, one. so. Alright, so hold on. I'm a, on that one. Okay, so, Bree said you, the generational thing, and okay, what if it is a generational thing? Still though, if you find out, let's say you find out you're dealing with a black uh, black male here, or a black woman, doesn't matter. All of a sudden, you find out. Hey, they don't like white people. If if it's a generational thing, where uh, you know they they come down, they've taught you know kids and everything else. So 
if it's a generational thing, how does that change for you as the social worker dealing with that person? You can't change this person from your case, so you can't get rid of them. You know, I couldn't get rid of the dude that was in my class. All I could really do was shift around his schedule throughout the day. But at the end of the day, he was still in my group. I still had to deal with him uh, 12 out of the 16 hours that I was there. You know, so uh, how are you going to deal with that person knowing if it's a generational thing? Just like, you know, we said the thing with, you know, the pen and with Kim, but if it's a generational thing, how does that change for you? Because we're talking about going from, yes, I know that you are a racist to, ah, I still got to deal with you on a regular basis. Um, well, like, how does it change for you? Well, it's happened like in my other line of work. Like, you know, I, I treat all my kids the same. I found out this student was racist. And I mean, like, you know, Ken said we're humans and like, it's probably not the best answer, but you know, it hurts your feelings for a minute. And you're like, what mm-hmm. did I do? Like, you know, and you like look back, like, did I say something? But that's not how it is. That's not it. So then once you move past your initial like human emotional response, you say, okay, I'm gonna keep treating you the same. I'm gonna like with my student, like I'm gonna offer you help. I'm not gonna avoid you. And just like as a therapist, it's like, I'm not gonna avoid you. I'm gonna keep offering you the same amount of help. I'm gonna still do the same things for you. Even if like, Hello. Hey. Yeah. All right. All right. I can hear y'all now. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That was a little weird. I don't know exactly what happened, man. That's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Technical difficulties. It just kicked everybody out. I mean, everybody was gone. Hey, I thought it was like me. <laughs> uh, no, everybody, everybody was gone. Hell, it kicked me out. Kicked everybody out. Hmm. That's so sweet. you know where you left off at, Bree? Uh, okay, are we going to be able to edit this? Can you edit this back together? Yeah, yeah, I can put it back together. Okay, cool. All right. You a wizard. Yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> that, the app is the wizard. <laughs> uh, I think I was just saying, like, you know, we got to try our best. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, like, that's, that's cool. But either way, we have to offer the same care, even if it makes us uncomfortable or sad or offended. Like, you got to work. And I think it'll get easier in time. Okay, so if that happens enough, all right, uh, and we'll come back to the code of ethics in a minute. If uh, if that happens enough, when do you say I don't want to do this anymore? Um, I think that's like a personal thing. Like that's going to be a lot of factors. Like what's going on at home? What's going on? you know with your your health and like you know it's a multifaceted thing like I think it would be like you know if you're in a positive place everywhere but this racial issue I think you're gonna have a lot more durability whereas if everything's kind of falling apart in your life and you keep facing this issue you're gonna be like all right whatever yeah all right so can't all right so can what do we stand on the code of ethics okay because you you was looking at those so where do we stand okay. on the code of ethics? It's based on our on this continuum. I'm not talking about a continuum like facility type continuum where they say you come from hospital, then you get outpatient, all of that particular care. But our continuum of care, you know, where they talk about what we specifically deal with the ethics and uh, 
standards and all this other stuff we're supposed to do, you know, as case managers and social workers and everything. So what does the code of ethics say that we, how does it say we should give, continue to give the care that we Okay, well, okay, when you said dignity and worth of the person, okay, the ethical principle is social workers respect the inherent dignity and worth of the person. Social workers treat each person in a caring and respectful fashion, mindful of individual differences and cultural and ethnic diversity. Social workers promote clients' social, excuse me, socially responsible self-determination. Social workers seek to enhance clients' capacity and opportunity to change and to address their own needs. Social workers are cognizant of their dual responsibility to clients and to the broader society. They seek to resolve conflicts between clients' interests and the broader society's interests in a socially responsible manner, consistent with the values, ethical principles, and ethical standards of the profession. So that right there seems kind of uh, kind of broad to me. Like that could be interpreted interpreted different ways in this context. Um, well, so on well, one hand, like you could say that you got to deal with it. Well, yeah, but That's okay. Like but yeah, but there's a there's a dual responsibility to the client and to the broader society. So there's a billion factors that could be different here. Um, so in the context of this, what the way I read it, the way I'm understanding it is, if this person is racist to the point where they are causing potential harm to other people, even if they get along with you, great then the, you have an ethical responsibility to the broader society. And I don't know, okay, so how, would you, how would you handle that though? See, okay, so that would be the question there. So how would but that you address goes back that? To what Bree was saying though, that goes back to the generational thing. When it's being taught from one person to the next, mm-hmm. that would be a general, that would be, go back to what she was saying, the generation where you're talking about, if it's, a, you know, uh, uh, if it's harmful to the society around this particular person, you know, whatever. So that goes back to, no, the generational, uh, but when you're coming into one particular person, you know, then what are you saying that would change for one particular person? Hmm. What do you What are you saying on that end? I think I, my opinion is if it's one person, I think uh, Bree actually I feel like summed up what I was trying to say. A little bit more succinctly than I was saying it, because basically people are people, and if like if if you choose to hate me because of something as ridiculous as the color of my skin, or you know like my you know origin, you know national origin or anything like that, then that's that's your problem, not mine. And as long as you're cooperating with me as your you know as the person who who's, who's cultivating a therapeutic relationship then I get you know I, I could put it out of my head say whatever okay whatever this person has these 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 feelings that's fine if they hate me that's fine if as long as they're working with me and I'm making progress I'm doing my job um, so it would seem to me that the bigger conflict would be if if the person is involved in any kind of an organization that seeks to marginalize or harm other people of my race or another race, then that is a whole different story. That's kind of a whole nother can of worms there. Yeah, but does so how the would you code of that? ethics say does the code of ethics say we can outright bring that up in the facility? 
if this person is doing those things, they're part of an organization. You know, to say they're okay, part well, of a. Uh, well, I, I just read the section on ethical principle, and that's that's what I'm getting at. It's 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 not. It yeah. doesn't say specifically, but the thing that stood out in my mind was it says social workers are cognizant of their dual responsibility to clients and to the broader society. So they seek to resolve conflicts between clients' interests and the broader society's interests in a socially responsible manner, consistent with the values, ethical principles, and ethical standards of the profession. So how would you do that, Ben? That's that's where the, the question would come yeah. in. That's the question. How, how would you, how do you bridge that? How do you tell somebody, I'm doing this for the greater good of society, uh, I'm trying to bring it to this attention that this guy is, or this woman, or whatever it may be, you know, is, you know, have this, uh, I guess you would say, hold on their particular family and they're part of this organization. How do you say, hey, look, this person is potentially dangerous, but you've been, but the first thing I was going to say is, well, hey, well, you've been working with this person for months. You didn't, you didn't realize that they was dangerous then? All of a sudden, now you, you realize they're dangerous now. See, that would be the double-edged sword for you guys. Yeah. Because if it's a black person that you realize that it's an outright racist and they're part of a dangerous organization, then the moment you bring it up, people are going to say, well, uh, you was working with this, with this black person before and uh, I didn't hear you, uh, you know, say anything now. And all of a sudden, now they're dangerous. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that would kind of be the give and take. You have to say, okay, well, hey, look, I just learned this information whenever, you know, so, but even if, say, if, it's, if even if it's not a black person, what if it's a Hispanic? What if it's a Vietnamese, you know, that says, well, I oh, hate yeah. white people or whatever the case may be. And in and yeah. United States, we're so stuck on black and white because that's all we see. We're so stuck on black and white, but there are a lot of other cultures that just don't care anything for Americans, and not not less just if you've been American, but whether you've been a white mm-hmm. or black American. But just the point is that they come out now and say, "Well, hey, you know, I don't like this person." You know, it could yeah, and it's good. It's like cool. A lot of it is a. Uh... I think cultural competency would come into play on that also there because you know you would have to understand if if this person is like you said if they're vietnamese for example just like as a random example and they you know if i had a client who was vietnamese and i knew that they just absolutely hated white people you know i could think well they're just ignorant i could just dismiss it or i could try to look at why they feel this way and if it is some kind of a if, if there is cultural reasons for that, if, if, the, if the place where they come from, where their family came from, just hated all white people because of like, you know, there could be reasons. There could be things because of military actions. You know, maybe like they lived in a village and there was some kind of military actions and they saw American soldiers that, that did some kind of horrible thing. And, you know, that I don't, you know, I'm just kind of grasping straws, but, you know, I guess there could be some kind of reason and you know, of course, once again, I'm not justifying any kind of racism. I say that <laughs> before, well, I get, of course before I get attacked not. by the Twitter mob. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> yeah. if if people hate, yeah. if, if there's a situation like that, you know, there's a reason. And you know, in my opinion, you know, if it's racism, the the reason is usually ignorance. But you know, I guess in a situation like you were saying, if it was somebody from another country, you know, we would it would be helpful to understand you know to have the cultural competency to understand why they felt that way and if it was cultural and kind of go from come at it from that angle and maybe be able to address it in a constructive way 
I, I'm going to flip gears in a minute. I want to see. Okay, Bree, mm-hmm. you're in a high school. Mm-hmm. You're in a high school setting. Yeah. How does that, how do you, how do you tiptoe past that point when you have, when you find out that this kid may be a generational thing, maybe a part of an organization with all the school shootings that we've had? How do you tiptoe past that point? Because as a teacher, if you go up and you say, hey, I believe little Johnny, you know, here's the reason why I believe little Johnny is, you know, going uh, astray here. And you give this with all the school shootings that we've had. Whether you're whether you're right or wrong, but let's just say right here you're all the way one hundred percent hands down right. You got the paperwork and everything, the whole nine yards. You're right. This kid is a racist. He is uh, very uh, vigilant about whatever his family says they're going to do. And mm-hmm. how do you tiptoe past that point to go up there and say, "Hey, look, something got to be done before uh, this this kid does something horrible in the school system." Um just personally like i may be excessive but like anytime i get the slightest even like indication there's like a threat of danger or disruption or something like that i go ahead and report it like worst case scenario there's nothing to it and we all move on but you never know so i feel like instead of tiptoeing i'm always like okay you know, I got lunch in 30 minutes and I'm going to send an email and I'm going to document this like real quick. So Just how do you me. continue to teach the student, you know, uh, from that point on? Do you teach them timidly or are you saying, hey, look, uh, somebody else needs to take action and well, you can't remove the kids. So the kid can't go anywhere. That's our scenario. Kid can't go any place. So what happens after that point, you know? So uh, because if you're following the continual care for any particular uh, setting, any particular facility, they all say the care has to continue. It can't stop. Right. Um, so if it has to continue, but they're saying it's got to continue with you. Like, you know, where I did have this occur, like, you know, you do get your feelings hurt for a second. It does kind of throw you back, but like, you don't let them know that. You keep coming up to their desk and you say, hey, do you need some help? And they say, you know, no, I don't want your help, bitch. And you say, all right, then I appreciate you. Like, you keep rolling. Yeah, that's, yeah, you have to, I, I think that's what the part of that professional, you know, the professional demeanor. I think you bring up a good point too. Like, you know, if somebody could be saying something horrible to us, and we have an obligation as professionals to maintain that professional demeanor and still treat our clients with respect regardless of how they treat us. You know, that's our our care is not contingent on their you know, the way they treat us. Yeah, at all. like it's not about me. And that's yeah. And that's what happened right. with this kid you'd offer and he'd like say some stuff under his breath, like, you know, and I mean, I kept offering the student that care. I got their sibling later in my career, and me and the sibling had a phenomenal relationship. Like, you can't awesome. let one person, maybe even of the same family, like define anything. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. I mean, I like all the, the answers of everything. I appreciate Ken busting out the uh, code of ethics because that's part of the conversation I really didn't think about before was the bust out the code of ethics, see what they say. 
Uh, okay, so uh, we're coming right around to the, to the close of everything. I think we're approaching on our hour before our technical difficulties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, in, we're approaching on so our we, hour. Uh, yeah, it, so, well, it's been over an hour. We might we might have 30 minutes of usable footage after all the technical difficulties. <laughs> we'll see how it works out. All right, well, uh, all right, this is... Uh, uh, Ah, my, I lost my train of thought. But either way, uh, if you want to catch uh, all of our episodes and uh, leave messages and anything uh, that you want to leave, you can always download the Anchor app. And there is a uh, section on Classroom 21 where you can leave a voice message of anything you want to leave us that we can try to touch on for the next episode uh, or anything that we can improve. You know, so you can leave those at uh, Anchor at on the on the Anchor app or at Classroom 21 okay. on Facebook. Hey Antonio, I have a question. Um, what about social media as far as Facebook? Is, is uh, the Facebook group open where people can yes. comment on this, that, where they could listen to this podcast, yes. and yes. you could either give their their opinion, or if you know, if we have anybody who is you know a licensed professional with experience listening to this, maybe they could help you know help educate us a little bit, you know, because that's what we're doing here is just trying to trying to figure this out as we go. Well, that would be, yeah, that's, that's awesome. We all, we welcome any comments uh, that can help us. You can go to Facebook and you can actually search Classroom 21, Classroom 21, and uh, the, it's easy to find us because the logo is the same on the Anchor app. And you can leave any comment you like to leave underneath the uh, post for the uh, for the episodes. Uh, obviously, this is episode number two, so in the episodes, will go in the order that we uh, actually post them. And you can leave any comments you may want to leave. And then on the next episodes, if uh, if you leave enough information, if you want to try to be a guest, and so we can reopen the conversation from a previous episode, then we'll certainly try to work it in. Uh, but anytime you want to leave a message for any episode you can definitely go to classroom 21 on facebook uh you can find me myself on facebook at antonio quiet uh if you guys want to leave any social media any way to contact you all you guys can definitely do that but uh if you want to contact me it's antonio quiet regular page on facebook if you want to contact the podcast as the whole group then you can leave a message underneath the episodes at classroom 21 on the page on facebook all right, Ken, you got anything you want to tell the people? Okay. Um, yeah, I like it. I just want to encourage anybody who might be listening to this right now, to, and even if like, you're coming back to it later, because um, you know we're just getting started on this podcast, and it's probably going to be a while before we get enough traction to where you know people start listening. So even if you're listening to this right now, and we are 12 episodes into the podcast, if you want to go back and comment on it, just like Antonio just said, go back to, to the episode on, on the Facebook page and, and comment. Yeah, we appreciate any and all input. And um, so, yeah, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Kenneth Wayne O'Bara on Facebook. And I'm uh, Ken O'Bara on Twitter at Kenny O'Bara 2112. And Bree, do you have social media you'd like to give out for anybody to contact you? Um, right now, I'm social media detoxing, so I'm kicking it old school. Oh. You can email awesome. me at blwrights1991 at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, the social media detox, I encourage it. All right, well, you can't get in contact, Bree, other than emailing, but you can always leave a message on Classroom 21 or a voice message on the Anchor app. It will come to classroom 21 just search classroom 21 
on Anchor, and you can find us that way and leave a voicemail message. And Ken just told us that you can go to Spotify and find our podcast on Spotify. Just search Classroom 21. Uh, as I try to tell everybody, passion without purpose is pointless. So let's try to keep the passion, find a purpose for it, and drive forward. You know, so passion without purpose is pointless. Uh, if nobody has anything else, we can conclude our right. our episode, and I get to working on it and try to marry these two things together, so we can <laughs> we can we can uh, uh, ship it out to the world later on tonight. Cool. That's until next week. Yes, sir. Bree, are you are you still rocking in the classroom with us? Yeah, I'm. I'm down. I'll do All it right. She's addicted now, people. We got her addicted now, so she can't get out of the classroom. Well, y'all need a female <laughs> perspective anyway. There you go. That's right. We, we got some diversity going on here. All right. All right. So the episodes get harder from here, people. They get harder. All right. All right. All right. Antonio enjoyed it. Have a good Another week. Successful one. All right. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye.